NRL Fantasy Time, round 5, team list, our opponents, Chris Kennedy, is online in the virtual studio with Dom Brock to take you through all the fantasy talking points. And Dom, a lot of changes this week. Quite a lot. There was a lot of news just coming out of the weekend. Uh, anyway, some really big scores um, from a lot of cheap guys, but uh, yeah, a lot of team changes today. So pretty interesting time for uh, making trades. There were um, quite a few that weren't fantasy relevant, but plenty more that were. We're going to start off on Thursday night. Uh, sea Eagles taking on the Broncos. Manly actually unchanged, so not much uh, in terms of new stuff. Anything else you really wanted to talk about with Manly? I feel like Turbo was a bit underwhelming. DCE's going well. The middles are going okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's the usual four guys that do it every week, every year for Manly. Um, the Turbo Brothers, uh, Tapao and DCE. I think the one point is Cherry Evans hasn't done much in terms of attacking stats this year. He's had one try assist, um, but his scores are still really good. He's averaging 60 for the year. So if he does have a few big attacking games, he could be in for some monster scores. So if you're looking for a halfback, pretty good uh, option at the moment, I think. He's playing a team that conceded 59 last week, so you'd have to Absolutely. think he's a chance. Um, talking about the Broncos, unsurprising that there are a few changes. I'm not sure they're necessarily the changes I would have expected. Um, the bad one for me and probably quite a few fantasy coaches is uh, Jamil Hapawadi bumped to the reserves. I thought he would have been yep. absolutely safe at least until Pango is back next week. Um, there were rumours that Ben Teo was floating around, but having Ben Teo into the 17 and Corey Oates moving to the back row uh, took me by surprise. Uh, Xavier Coates, the new man on the wing. Staggs is back. He's in quite a few fantasy teams, a few other reshuffles in the pack, but they're the main fantasy talking points. Yeah, so Hopper Whitey suddenly looks like a sell, I think, unless they, they change the team on game day and bring him back into the 17 somewhere. His break-even's minus one or something, but... Yeah. If he can't make the 17 this week, then Pango Jr. comes back next week. You know, he's probably done for a while. So, who knows? I mean, there's, there's every chance they reshuffle things more in the future, but he, he's going to drop further down the pecking order. So, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Pango back next week, and then you start getting your Fafitas and Glenn's and, Glenn's and so on back potentially the week after. So, uh, we'll probably Glenn the week after and maybe Fafita a week or two after that. Then he's well and truly done unless there's another wave of injuries. So, unfortunately, that last big price rise may not actually eventuate. Um, Jermaine Izarko, I know he's in quite a few teams and plenty of coaches are unhappy with his uh, 20 on the weekend. He's a guy who probably needs a few attacking stats and ideally a few goals yeah. to score well. I mean, yeah, he's playing fullback for a team that's getting destroyed at the moment. So, there's not a lot of scoring chances for him. Um, if they start notching some wins, he'll get goals and probably some you know, tries or assists or something. But at this point, yeah, without attacking stats, he's going to struggle. Corey Pakes uh, or Pace, I'm still unclear into exactly how we're supposed to be saying <laughs> Nobody it. Nobody knows. Corey Pay, my French uh, mother-in-law told me. Um, yep, it's one of those three, ahead. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, was it 44 or 45 in 60-odd minutes? So that's yeah. not bad for a, a rookie and well, probably another three games until Turpin's back. Yep, good sign so far. If he just makes most of his tackles, he should get 40 and up. You'd think in the next few weeks, if they lose, it doesn't really matter for his fantasy scoring. So, yeah, he's going along nicely as a cash cow so far. 
We've also got um, Anthony Milford's shed a, a truckload of cash. So if uh, Broncos do turn it around, he could be a, a discount sort of keeper option in the halves as an upgrade later on. But you'd certainly want to see a bit before you brought him into the team. Moving on to the early Friday game, the Warriors and the Cowboys up there at Gosford. Um, no major changes for the Warriors, but uh, interesting, I thought, that Lachlan Burr is back. And it's actually Isaiah Papali'i that makes way... Um, Elias Akatoa was named on the bench in round three before Burr uh, copped that head knock with uh, Adam Blair, the man moving between edge and, and middle. Um, I think Torhu Harris has gone from playing lock last week to probably actually playing edge second row this week. He'd actually put in some huge scores, but um, might be watered down a bit with a move out wide. Um, Katoa, disappointing-ish score, but still making good cash. And Jermaine Tenor-Brown just going from strength to strength. Yeah, exactly. So Katoa, um, 31 last week, which is not great, but um, yeah, as you said, made a lot of money. Um, he'll do that again this week. Great sign that he's kept that starting spot. And Tanua Brown, yeah, just killing it. I had no idea he was going to start hitting 50s on a regular basis. So that's one I missed. The work rate's really solid. He obviously had that try back in round three, but um, did it without in, uh, in round four and great signs for him. Um, Cowboys have, uh, I think, named... I like this team from Paul Green. We've criticised him in the past for being too conservative and being too mm. loyal to some guys who probably don't have the um, the legs they used to. Um, sucks for guys like Gavin Cooper, who's down in Jersey 17, and Jake Granville, who's out of the 17, and obviously Ben Hampton, who I think probably isn't a winger, but would be a good first-grade sort of 14 bench utility. But they're, um, they're the the guys who have paid the price. Um, Hamiso Tabuai Fido, I hope I'm saying that right, absolutely lit up the nines, exciting young player, moves great across the field, great as hacking instincts, could be a, you know, we've, we've been burned before with rookie cash cow wingers, but um, he's potentially yep. an option. I'll certainly be taking a look at him this week before I rush him in. Um, probably fantasy-wise, Jason Tamalolo down there in the extended reserves, a chance of returning is one that a lot of people will be sweating on. Yeah, so yeah, Tamalolo is a big one. At least they play early in the round, so we'll be able to see Friday night by 5pm whether he's in or out. Um, yeah, Tabuai Fido is one of those, he's a fullback in the lower grades, really quick, really elusive. Um, he's not like a Mike Acevo type, you know, huge blockbuster tackle-breaking guy necessarily, but um, but he can get these long-range tries and, and be plays with his footwork so at, at best he um he could be a, a money maker but yeah as you say i'd wait and see how he goes this week before jumping on board um what do we think about drink water val holmes they both had pretty ordinary scores last week scoring about 40 points a game holds for now i think probably um they've both been going well before that one come down game against the sharks um I don't have either of them as a season-long keeper, um, yep. depending on how your team is structured at the moment and what you need to do. And if you need to make trades, I wouldn't be overly um, opposed to, to selling either of them as a cash down if you needed to get someone in. Um, drink water, I do have, and he's reasonably handy with that DPP, but... Um, becomes a lot less useful if you can't rely on him for top 17. Val Holmes, I can't, I think we talked about him pre-season and he'd need to have his best ever season to, to be a, a yeah. proper keeper, but um, started off the season pretty well making some cash. So no urgency, I think, around either of them. Good. Moving on to the blockbuster on Friday night, top of the table clash between the Eels and the Panthers. Eels are 
no changes other than the return of Nathan Brown to strengthen the pack. Um, Yakore goes to the bench um, alongside, or Ray Stone comes into the seventh on the bench as well. Tackers and uh, Oregon Kafusi drop out. Um, a little bit lucky at the end against Manly, but um, they were pretty good for most of the 80 minutes. Mitch Moses um, has been having a, a stellar season. He seems to be able to score points without doing much. Um, I think you mentioned often, yeah. but um, I think a few of us have noticed doesn't need those long-range tries to, to get a decent Absolutely. score. Absolutely. That was the encouraging thing from that last game, um, that he didn't get any of those big plays that he, he can get when the Eels win the game by 30 or 40. Um, and he's still got 65. Still outpointed Cherry Evans, which is, that's usually his thing, scoring well without doing anything too flashy. So, yeah, really encouraging for uh, Mitch Moses' owners, that one. Um, Nathan Brown has been a keeper in the past. We'll see how he goes this week. Big boost for the uh, the Eels in general. Dylan Brown's going really well this yeah. year. I don't know if you looked at his scores. Um, got a few tries in there, but um, scoring way better than last year in the high 50s on average got 63 on the weekend so yeah i've seen people talking about him i've kind of ignored it as a as an option because he's not really a keeper but his scoring has been really good so mm. he's making a lot of money at the moment i know a few people who uh, jumped on him pre-season just on the theory that you know teenage half you know run under his yeah, belt last year should be better and it sort of seems to be paying off he seems to be um a bit more comfortable calling for the ball rather than sort of waiting for the ball um which even though it's happening, doesn't seem to be hurting Mitch Moses either. So it's quite a good balance for both the team and for fantasy coaches over either of those guys at the moment. Um, they take on the Panthers. All eyes were on what would happen to their halves combination once Nathan Cleary returned. Um, fantasy coaches were adamant that Matt Burton was the guy who should stay. I'm not sure if that's based on the fact that he was playing well or the fact that he was scoring well in fantasy. Um, had this conversation with a lot of people over the last fortnight and, um, I see the I see the argument for keeping Matt Burton, but I also think that Jerome Luai um, has been playing alongside Nathan Cleary for a long time, and as that live wire five eighth, he's probably the better complement for Nathan Cleary. Whereas Burton comes in and he's sort of that Nathan Cleary replacement who takes a lot of the long kicks and controls the game. Um, so I'm not at all surprised to see Luai retained as Nathan's halves partner. Yeah, exactly. So one of the reasons that Burton scores so well in fantasy is because he takes all the long kicking, but Alongside Nathan Cleary, that's not needed at all. Cleary does all the kicking generally with um, with Luai there. So, yeah, Burton's got a run on the bench this week. He had a really big game last week. Um, even that, he scored two tries. One was from a charge down and one was from a loose ball after a Luai bomb. So, both kind of, you know, good opportunistic scrappy tries, but it's not like... It's a sign he's going to do that on a regular basis necessarily. So, yeah, I wasn't too surprised that Luai got the um, got the start this week, but it might be a bit of a playoff. Which one, yeah. whichever one performs better alongside Cleary, might keep the spot long term. Who knows? So, yeah. I, all that being said, Burton's got a really low break even minus minus thirty nine. Have we seen that before? Even paid us early last year. Yeah, but he's on the bench and. Who knows? He could go either way. He could maybe get back into the starting team, in which case buying him would be a great move. Or if he doesn't, I don't know. It's not like he's a great long-term bench option for the Panthers. He's no. a genuine half. So I think it's what I you said. He... I think he's going to come on as a replacement for Jerome Luai at some point, and Ivan's going to have a look at how each of them combines with, with exactly. Nathan. But if Luai keeps in the spot, I don't really know why Burton stays in the 17, so he could drop off and just be a backup mm. like he was before. So he seems a risky buy to me at this at this point. 
certainly would not be buying him, but if you've um, already owned him, I think just under 4% of coaches do, then that minus 39 break even, he doesn't need to do anything off the bench. I mean, if he gets in the field, does nothing, he'll make money. Exactly. <laughs> like he could score right. zero and make a lot of money. So, yeah. Um, still a fantasy relevant team otherwise. Um, James Fisher Harris is doing a lot of what he did last year, massive uh, numbers, pretty much all in base stats. Isaiah Yo was. It was a disappointing score for him to only score 55 after what he did in the, the first few weeks. But he's um, he's the second yeah. scoring player in fantasy after Payne Haas. Yeah, I saw a few people panic a bit when they bought Yo last week and he uh, went off during the first half. But it was five days after backing up from that 90-minute extra time game against the Knights. He played the whole game. They were up by a lot against the Warriors pretty quick last week. So I can see why they gave Yo a rest. So I think he's going to play big minutes most weeks. And uh, yeah, Kurt Capewell is the other one. He's um, mm. getting back-to-back big scores. So a lot of fantasy options this team. Stephen Crichton didn't do much last week. He's the cheapie that a lot of people went for in the centres. but Still went okay score. for a rookie centre. I think it's just that a lot of people bought him and didn't get Bradman Best and were looking at Best's yes. 87 and having strong exactly. pangs of regret. We'll get to Best in a minute. But um, Coruscant, the other one in a lot of teams, been scoring ridiculously. Bit of a come down for him. If uh, you were missing Tamalolo and punted on Coruscant as your captain, then 46 would have been a, a disappointment. But he has been going very well. Um, Saturday footy kicks off at Bankwest Stadium with the Rabbitohs up against the Titans. Um, reinforcements inbound for South, James Robertson, Cody Walker back from their layoffs. Um, Troy Dargan and perhaps surprisingly Braden Burns, the casualties. I thought it might be um, a case of Campbell Graham um, moving to mm. the wing and, and one of the wingers dropping out. But um, it's actually Braden Burns who had just finally hit his stride in fantasy. Yeah, he had a bit of a quiet start of the season, Burns. Um, and then, uh, yeah, decent numbers recently, but he's back out. So, yeah, he's a, a trade, I think, a no-go. He looks like a backup for that. Rabideau's back line at this point. Um, Latrell Mitchell's the big talking point now in that team. His first really good performance at fullback. Caught the eye with this, with the great cutout pass to set up uh, a try in the left corner. Got 63 fantasy points. Mm. I have seen a lot of people suddenly rushing him in. Um, his price is probably bottomed out if we think he's going to be consistently scoring well from now. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% confident he's suddenly going to be hitting 40s and 50s every week after one uh, big game, but signs of that. He's obviously a massive talent. He's been a 45-point player in the centres in the past, so the potential's there. I'll, I'll be waiting and seeing another week personally, but, you know, one to watch. Yeah, 10 tackle bus, 136 metres from 13 carries. Just the fact that he was a lot busier than the uh, the previous games, yeah. I think, was encouraging. And it was against Melbourne, who uh, outside backs traditionally struggle to score well against. But yeah, I'm the same. I, um, even if he gets another 60 this week off a 28 break, even he's not going to move too much in price. So I um, can afford to wait and see. Although it is the Titans, so um, yeah, they're coming off a win, but anything nice. could happen there. Cameron Murray um, and Damien Cook also did well. Yeah. Cook um, probably could have got a lot more. He got a bit quiet in the second half. It was a bit more tackling. He was really sharp at a dummy half early on. Um, anyway, on to the Titans coming off a morale-boosting win, unchanged after a win. Um, it's yeah, a good different story to the, the week before. Um, Fantasy-wise, Aaron Clark at Hooker got, what was it, 60, 65 minutes for a 40-odd score. So um, potentially a buy. Yeah, the most encouraging thing for him and Jamal Fogarty in the halves is that they did win with that setup. So 
you know, they might not necessarily win too many games, but any win's a good win for the Titans and um, good for the job security of those young guys. So, you know, maybe Hobrook starts looking, thinking we're going to plan for the future here and give guys like Clark a a prolonged run in the um, starting team. So, yeah, I don't mind him as an option, uh, as a cash cow, um, as yet another hooker for your bench this year. Yeah. There is always, you know, Pete's and Mitterrain in the in the backups, but at the moment, Clark's got that spot, so. Wasn't, despite the win, wasn't a huge fantasy week for our Titans players. I think Proctor with the try, 59 was the top. Arrow and Fodawaker, both mid-50s. Fodawaker's yeah. the interesting one. He's um, having a really good season. Yeah, so he got 75 the week before, I think, and then 55 last week, playing mid-50s minutes, scoring a point a minute or a bit better, so... Um, yeah, pretty good option. Front row, there's not a ton of great options to put alongside Payne Haas. He's fairly affordable amongst the you know potential guns. So, yeah, don't mind him as a buy. He had a, His round one was pretty quiet, but he only played 30, 35 minutes. So, mm. I would be guessing he plays fairly big minutes from here on out. He looks pretty handy. Um, after that, it's the Knights taking on the Storm. Try and control yourself as we talk to talk about the uh, Knights' <laughs> performance from last week. How about week. those Knights? How about those Knights? Between uh, Kalen Ponger and Bradman Bass, it was good for it was good watching and it was good for fantasy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, beating the Raiders. So we're going. We we. I think where you might get a bit of flack um, in the questions. I'm not sure for Bradman Best amazing score after we were a bit lukewarm on him last week. Um, but no one really expected him to score two tries and get 87 points against a Raiders team that had just beat Melbourne. They had the, what, second best defensive record after three rounds of NRL, any, any team in NRL the history? NRL era, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they yeah, considered was... 18 points in three games and then they uh, got left by... Ponga and, and Best, yeah. So, Caelan Ponga, we'll start with that. Um, 93 points, massive game. Um, it's just his running and passing game uh, is is so dangerous that he, he can leave it so late and put someone like Best, who's a great home runner, you know, a dangerous runner, through for a gap, which he did a few times. Or if um, defenders fall for the – wait for the pass, then he throws the dummy and runs 40 minutes to score like he did in the first half against the Raiders. So, um, the Storm, I'm sure, will be watching out for those two this week, but I don't know how much you can stop it necessarily. Bradman Best, 87. He got 65 the week before. His price is now, what is it, high 400s? 474, yeah. Big leap already, but his break-even is in the negatives. Are you going to buy him this week? Yeah, at this stage, I'm buying him. Minus 29 break-even. I'd had four trades available last week and used two of them. I thought I'd be sensible. And I, I could have traded mm. Walters to best down in there in the uh, the reserves. And I massive regrets that I missed out on that 102,000 price rise. Like a lot of people, I didn't see him doing that against Canberra. Um, like the, the two tries that can't keep happening every week. But for me, the, um, the two tries, this are almost more impressive. That mm. instinctive little kick that came, I think up being a penalty try um, to Tawala. Yeah. Um, and then, um, that other one breakaway down the, the left edge. So stats across the board, um, six bus, 160 metres, just um, heavily involved and, and looks really confident. Um, there's a lot to like there. He's, he does have Melbourne this week. It's not the strongest Melbourne side of the last few years, but given the, what he did to Canberra last week, you have to think he's a, a chance of scoring some more points. Yeah, Melbourne's obviously a great team, have been for years, but their centres aren't necessarily their strength these days, especially defensively. So I wouldn't be stunned if 
best goes in again. And and yeah, he plays on the left where uh, Ponga likes to attack as well. So um, he, he can really capitalise if Ponga puts him two on one with you know the winger. He can throw and pass to Edric Lee and get an assist or, or go in himself. So yeah, if you're getting him now, he's priced at probably a mid thirties player. So if he scores forty and up, you know I guess he's a keeper for decent value. If he does better than that, then you're laughing. He's a keeper all year. I think one thing is that he covers winger and fullback. So at worst case, you can play him as your eighteenth man in the run home and have him back up those positions. Yeah. So um, a lot to like. It's just that he's nowhere near base price as he was. Just looking at that Storm team, I think he's marking up on Brinko Lee and Riley Jacks, so that could potentially be some mm. points there for him. Um, speaking nice. of the Storm, just the one change with uh, Jerome Hughes' broken hand replaced by Riley Jacks. Um, a few tweaks around... Oh, sorry, two changes. Nelson's back uh, as well. Chris Lewis drops out. Um, Fantasy-wise, nothing's too exciting. Ryan Pappenhausen, very underwhelming, 32, including a try. Played well in real life, but um, didn't really get the uh, the points for it. Um, Cameron Smith's still the uh, the main guy. Yeah, and Munster, the other one, playing really well, got 61. Um, yeah, Pappenhausen, it, it looked like this was going to be the breakout game. He got that try really early on um, and then did very little else, 32 points. So I'm still keeping the faith that he's going to be a 45-point player, borderline keeper, but he's going to need a few more... Uh, Big attacking play sooner rather than later. Is he in your team? You, yeah, you were dubbing up, him the uh, Trappenhausen. Trappenhausen, yeah. And then I, I forget. I had to get him because I didn't have to get him. Was but it I Aikens him because, at, at the Panthers? So there was a tribute at the Panthers or someone that. Yeah, it might have been Aikens. I decided yeah. to dump late and couldn't find a suitable replacement and ended up yeah. panic bringing Pappenhausen in, which he hasn't. He's, he's lost a little bit of money. He's lost a little bit of money, but nothing dramatic. But um, yeah, probably not a sell yet. Concerns. Um, Tigers and the Raiders. um, Interesting one. Probably going to see a bit of uh, Joey Leilua up against Jordan Ruppiner at some Mm. point, which will be exciting. But the big news, uh, not for fantasy, but just in general, is Benji Marshall being dropped. He was sensational in round three and I thought far from their worst in round four. He makes way for um, Josh Reynolds, who I'm glad to see get um, some NRL, but I'm very surprised it's at the expense of Benji. It's four other changes. Uh, Robert Jennings is out, which probably isn't a surprise given his struggles last week. Um, Ollie Clark, Luke Garner and uh, Billy Walters, um, who was already a sell, uh, are the other ones out. Um, a lot to digest there. Yeah, Michael McGuire obviously making a statement there with um, sacking a few players, including Benji, for this week at least. Um, Fantasy-wise, Harry Grant is where it's at, 80 points last week. Massive, uh, what a player, and Billy Walters out means he should be playing 80 minutes probably from here on out. I think he can do it. He hasn't done it yet, but um, yeah, he could be getting most of the scores. He's probably, I mean, is it too early to say he's a keeper? Hooker, Harry Easily a keeper if he does anything remotely like what he's done the last two weeks. He's yeah. going to increase his minutes, you'd think. The closest they've got to a utility in that 17 is uh, Michael Cheekham on the bench. I can't really see anyone who you'd want um, out of that pack going to, to dummy half. So um, they're relying on him playing 80. I think he can do it easily as well. So, uh, yeah, great buy. Um, uh, as expected, Alex Twal is just pumping out these 60s every week as well. So... Really good front row option, probably the best front row option aside from Payne Haas this year at this point. 
Yeah, so far, just I think it's interesting that with all this Tigers reshuffling and the um, Billy Walters going out, they've got a much heavier bench now with uh, three middles on the bench, Michaeli Packer and um, Seafarth. Um, so there's more options to um, to get Twal a bit of a rest. He went off last week and he had to come straight back on when Garner got injured, but um, something similar happens. He uh, he won't be required to go back on after a, a two or three minute break. So um, And, and Twal did have a yeah, he did have a good run last season for a while, maybe not this good, um, and then went back to the bench in the later part of the season and he's been in strop. So there's always that risk that Maguire does that, but so far his, his trend is very uh, is very promising. The Raiders are unchanged uh, despite an ordinary performance against Newcastle last week. A few fantasy talking points. Corey Horsburgh, the horse bra, um, making bags of tackles, doing good things for my fantasy team. Um, certainly enjoying his scores. Um, Chansey Wilcoxstad hasn't gone anywhere close to last year's um, fantasy scores. Uh, George Williams still pumping out pretty handy numbers. Yeah. Do you rate George Williams as a potential halves keeper? I've seen some people talk him up. Got a good score on the weekend, but yeah, generally I kind of think he's not quite top tier for fantasy, just in terms of kick meters, base stats. But, you know, obviously a great player when he gets his uh, assists and, and tries and whatnot. Yeah, no great problems. attacking player. And if he has a good season and, and Canberra have a, a good season, then, you know, there's every chance. What's he done so far? 64, 35, 56 and 68. So two 60-plus scores and a mid-50s average. Um, it's not bad. It's pretty good. He's but, only gone up 60K, yeah. though. So you're basically paying for what you're getting on, on current evidence. Yeah, true. true. Um, anyone else from Canberra before you move on? Happen I had a big game. Yeah. Papali, did we mention him? 87. Wants to score with a try. Smashed yeah. five guys with that pinball try. Crushed ball. Kurt Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> move on. Move on. Um, the Bulldogs and the Roosters, 4pm at Bankwest Stadium. Bulldogs coming off a... Um, Morale-boosting win. They're going to have it a little bit tougher this week against the Roosters as compared to the Dragons last week. But a win's a win. Um, no major changes uh, as listed. Christian Crichton replaces Kerrit Holland on the um, interchange bench. Um, uh, you got anything for these guys? Aiden Tolman makes... Yeah, Lewis. Him, have you, you see his kick meters on the weekend? 700-something. 700-something. Is he going to get a kilometre at some point? In a, it's outrageous. In a yeah. yeah. Jamie Sowell's um, adamant that he's got the all-time record. I forget what he says it is. It's like 900 or a He probably or does. Maybe it's that's Lewis's challenge for this year. Yeah. Um, it's him. Adam Tolman makes a lot of tackles. Getting a lot of 50s. I think that's it. Um, um, yeah, Jake Bavarillo is still very cheap in the centres. He's still very cheap and will remain such until he starts scoring some points, um, which might not happen this week against the Roosters, who have the best player in the world to come back into their team after winning by 59 points last week. James Tedesco pushes Vimos to the wing and Ryan Hall out of the side. Uh, still no Mitch Orbison, who's um, down there in the reserves, which leaves Angus Crichton with a, a starting spot, but a little bit precarious, I feel like, with, with Orbo looming, even though he's scoring well. Yeah, it's probably the most interesting uh, position fantasy-wise is whether Crichton's going to hold him to that second-row spot and be he's been a keeper in the past, obviously, at Souths. Um, if he does hold that spot, he is a keeper and his price is, I think, on the way out. But, yeah, if Albo comes back, obviously, uh, Crichton's not worth the money. So, 
yeah, we can't really say anything at this point until Robinson does actually come back into the 17. Um, it'd be guesswork, I think. Yep, definitely. Um, elsewhere, fantasy-wise, a monster score from Lindsay Collins off the bench. I don't think we can rely on that happening too often. Was it 270 or 280 metres with a try? It was quite impressive. Um, and Luke Keary, a big score, although do we think he's going to take the next step with, with Cronk not in the team? Probably not. Uh, I would guess probably not, but who knows? I mean, I've been surprised before Mitch Moses last year had the big step up, so players can do it. But, um, yeah, I prefer the, the security of your yeah, Cleary's, DCE's, Moses, those guys for keepers yep. in the halves when I can afford them. Yeah, me too. Um, final game of the round, 6.30pm Sunday, the Dragons up against the Sharks. Uh, Dragons have elected to stick solid with Coach Paul McGregor for now and also with their team. Only two changes, both forced by injury. Ewan Aitken starts for Braden Williami, who was injured with a calf. Tyrell Fumayono, who wasn't even in the side last week, starts for Tarek Sims, who has a wrist issue, um, which brings Matt Dufty onto the interchange. Um, it's all about Cam McInnes here. Yeah, so what's his average at the moment? 85, 86 from two games? Yeah. Uh, crazy. Um, obviously, he makes tons of tackles. The Dragons are making a lot of tackles in general. They're defending a lot because they're uh, not playing well, as uh, we all know. So I expect McInnes to score well all season. Um, the other talking point this week is Tarek Sims, as you mentioned, is out for four to six weeks. Uh, with the wrist injury, so Fumono starts in the second row. He costs $376,000, which is a good value for a starting back rower. His break-even is low. Is he an option this week? Um, I think this team list is good news if you already own him. I don't really think you can justify bringing him in for four to six weeks, um, just with the uncertainty around that club at the moment. What is he? Minus four break even and 376k yeah i mean what are their options they could bring in a, a jacob host or someone all, all their depths in the middle with your merrins and blake lorries and everyone else corbin sims um yeah so he might actually be a, a reliable starter for the next four to six but it'd be a, a gamble he was out of the team altogether last week Is yeah right? not picked at all yeah yeah not i don't sure know I thought he was pretty good the week before but yeah, he's played pretty well at the start of the season. The the predictor has him jumping a hundred grand exactly if he scores forty points a game in the next three uh, rounds. So that's encouraging. You kind of want one fifty k ish for a cash cow. So the potential's there, especially if he has one or two big games, gets a fifty or a sixty. Um, yeah, not the worst, not the cheapest either this week, but someone to look out for, I think. What about um? Adam Clune, they wouldn't even pass him the ball and he still ended up with 39 points. Yeah. Yeah, really promising score for a, mm. for a rookie half. Um, I don't think I'll get him this week personally, just going off the, uh, you know, halves in struggling teams can struggle for points, but mm. if he gets 39 points every week, he'll be, uh, he'll be laughing. 25 tackles and two missed was a, a decent outing defensively for a, um, a rookie halfback. Ended up that line break at the end. Uh, pushed him up to nearly 100 run metres uh, and 39 points. So not a must-have by any stretch, but a, a useful cash down Numbers. If, um, if you need something mm -hmm. in that category. The Sharks, um, Chad Townsend is back. Um, some uh, conjecture about what might happen. I think the 
obvious option is what they've gone with, which is Moylan goes to fullback in place of Will Kennedy, who didn't really deserve to be dropped, but he's the least senior of the um, the playmakers and was probably always going to be the one to make way. Um, when he Harodi also went for injured uh, Ronaldo Militalo on the wing. Andrew Fafida back pushes Toby, Toby Rudolph to the bench, although he scored fairly similar, um, whether it's bench or starting. Yeah, so I've got Rudolph in my team. I'm not too spooked by Fafita coming back. Um, as you say, if Rudolph plays 40 minutes, he can get 40 points or, or more. He's been uh, really good uh, this season. Will Kennedy um, has also been pretty good. I think he's jumped about 130 grand. So he's been a good cash cow for those who have him. Um, but probably a sell now that he's out of the team. Although I guess you could, you know, Matt Moylan has had his injuries in the past. So it wouldn't be shocking if... Uh, uh, Kennedy got another chance at some point soon. That's about it. Anything else for the Sharks before we move on to the questions? Blake Braley's almost a sell, I think. I think he's very close to a sell. I've actually sold him already. But break he'll be picking soon. He's still in the 20s, I think. So he's probably another break even 27. So another little price rise, maybe. And yep. could still get a kick along if he scores a couple of 50s, but could probably be sold. Yep. Anyway, uh, on to some questions pull out the old tweet machine um start off with fast break ferg who is looking to rage trade and has um, pappenhausen blake braley kurt mann and drink quarter all on the chopping block anyone there you particularly want to say goodbye to first uh i'll be keeping pappenhausen kurt mann was named this week which is pretty surprising um i wouldn't be shocked if they say he's gonna be out for multiple weeks so if that happens Sell him. Um, Blake Braley, as I said, I've sold already. You don't really need backup hookers, I'm guessing. Um, and during quarter, I think I'll keep another week as well. So does that help? Probably Braley and Man, assuming Man is out, would be the answer to that question. Yes. Uh, Derek Wilson would like to know our thoughts regarding the new rule changes and whether they're inflating the fantasy values of forwards like Ken Murray, Angus Crichton and Victor Radley going from fringe selections to gun keepers. I mean, it seems like they're inflating the scores of a lot of players so far. There's been um, a lot of big scores in the last two rounds. Not those guys in particular, necessarily. Um, Murray is probably a keeper anyway. If he plays lock, he scores mid-50s. So not him necessarily, but a lot of other the guys are getting massive scores. Those middle forwards who can stay busy and play huge minutes, like Azayo's numbers are massive. Felix 12, yeah. really high. So I think jump on board those guys who won't keepers before this year but suddenly look like they're screwing like guns yeah i think you're right it's definitely the um the middle forwards that seem to be most impacted just looking at radley 24 but back in round one followed up by 67 um then we had the break in the rule changes since then he's gone 53 and 65 so if he can keep that sort of form up he could potentially be a keeper but i think there's probably more convincing options out there um as a pickup Ryan Hadley has issues with the wing fullback, wants to know, he's looking at selling Drinkwater and Lomax for either Ponger or James Tedesco, along with Corey Pakes, or he could also sell Drinkwater and Hampton for Turbo and Pakes. I don't know if he can afford to sell Drinkwater and Lomax for a, and get a gun in. The, the Hampton option sounds good. Um, yeah. If he's selling Hampton, he's dropped this week. He's not a great scorer anyway. I'd sell him before the other guys. Um, Lomax has been remarkably consistent, about 40 points a game, wherever they play him. So I'll hold him for a little while longer. 
leaning towards option B there for uh, Ryan Hadley. Um, Ryan Burgess is thinking about trading Izako to Turbo and also is it time to get rid of Blake Braley? Um, I don't mind that trade. Yep, sounds good. Bearing in mind Turbo's yeah. coming off a 40 and can be a little bit up and down. Um, Oz Hazard, is Pappenhausen to Latrell a good trade? Also thoughts on Val Holmes to Ponger or Teddy? Um, I like the second one. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be doing Pappenhausen to Latrell myself. Hold off on the first trade and make the second trade, I agree. Yep. Um, is the Mount Smart Joker is with us. Good to see you, Mr. Joker. Is Blake Braley a sell now that Grant has emerged as a potential keeper? Um, yes, if you don't have Grant, do it now, do it right now. Um, gives him a Coruscant and Grant combo. I think that's fine for the moment. Um, he's also sitting on Pappenhausen, who we think is a hold. Yep. Uh, Nick Hudson, best cash down option for Zach Lomax. Um, can be any position, but a dual position center wing or fullback is ideal for position cover. Needs to cash someone to get Teddy or Ponger in, so has to make a trade, hence getting rid of Lomax, who's going reliable. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm definitely holding Lomax. So Same. obviously get guns when you can, but you don't have to burn your cash cows before they've made all their money just to get a gun you can get in a week or two. Um, so yeah, I, I'm personally going to hold off on Ponger and Teddy until I can afford them without busting up my uh, money making, you know, chances for future weeks. I agree. Um, Joseph Mayota says, is Katoni Staggs to Bradman Best a good move? I don't mind this. It could potentially end up being a bit sideways, but with how good Best's going, Staggs was disappointing before his one-week suspension. Probably frees you up a tiny bit of cash as well. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned in the long run if Best turns out to be another guy who looks great when he scores tries like Staggs was, but um, so far, Best looks great. Uh, Chris Woody is making an upgrade in his centres and has to sell um, from his stack to second row. One of Luciano Leilua or Pat Carrigan. Oh, no. Keep them both. <laughs> Ideally, I would keep them both, both too. Carrigan, I'm curious as to what happens when all the forwards are back, but um, for now, definitely hold. He's going great. Yeah, he's scoring more than 50 every week, yeah. Nick Bewley, thoughts on Hamiso for the Cowboys straight swap for Hampton or they bring Felt onto the left edge? I'm not sure if that's a fantasy question or just a how they line up question, but I dare say Felt's, um, he's their, their right side. He stays, yeah. Winger, you'd think Hamiso's in on the left for sure. I think so, yeah. Have a look at him before you buy him in fantasy. Um, ideally, Paul Burns uh, says he's Blake Braley a sell and what to do with Braden Williami. Um, yes, so upgrade both of them, I mean. Upgrade both when you can, yep. Um, Tommy G, a Braley and Drinkwater sells. Braley probably can be Drinkwater. Ideally hold if you can. Yeah, I think he's still averaging 40 for the year, even with that 20-something last week. So I'll be holding and hope for a few more 40s. Luke Saunders tweeting all the way from England wants to know who is the must-have gun so far. It's definitely Payne Haas out of if there's no... Yeah, or, or Harry Grant for barely anything. I think he's a gun as well. Um, he's got 565k to trade with, so you probably need to make a, a trade down, trade up to get Haasen if you don't have him. Otherwise, McInnes isn't in many teams and he's going mm. very well. Yep, so very true. Yep, um, definitely. I think that's the end of our long list of questions for this week. Lots to ruminate over. Um, as per always, we'll have our fantasy video with myself and Tanisha on Wednesday, the Late Mail Crew podcasting, I believe, on Thursday, or your Late Mail and Breaking News on NRL.com. Um, good luck with your trades. We'll be back this time next week. Thank you.